1: Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and in the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim
2: Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is the 20th. Third of August. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davis from Beanstalk SEO in Victoria, BC. And we have no idea what we're talking about today, but it's going to be a fun one anyway. Dave, how you doing?
3: I am doing absolutely fantastic, sir. And it has been a, a busy, busy week. Um, I'm sure for you as well, both on business. Um, you know, tis that season, um, and of course, uh, the web world is just uh, a tizzy with a bunch of a bunch of interesting things. So. Um, we got lots to cover, but you know, what? let's let's start here on a subject that uh, that you and I are, are both, I think, pretty passionate about. And no, I'm not talking about security or net neutrality because you and I can, can argue about that one uh, over and over again. Um, but last week we talked about Ingman, we talked about Tesla, yeah, and he did it. The man did it with uh, with the help of uh, of tens of thousands of uh, of people, our listeners, uh, our friends on Facebook, and uh, and the tech community as a whole. Um, Indeed,
2: and 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 Dave, you were you were a big proponent. Every day you were out there on Facebook and Twitter fighting for this.
3: I really was. It's it's something. I mean, I have been a, a huge Tesla fan for years. Um, I mean, he's one of the unsung heroes of 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 the modern age. Um, and so, I mean, I was I was super passionate about this as soon as uh, as soon as I saw that he was doing it, as soon as I saw the property was available, I was I was totally happy uh, to jump on board, make a donation and, uh, and get the ball rolling. And um, I mean, it, and that it, he, he did it is great. I mean, we, one thing and I'm really glad that a lot of the people making donations um, that are go- still going there today are seeing the real fact of the matter, which is uh, he hit his target. He hit the uh, 850k, so the the property is secured. Fantastic, um, but the the donations are still flooding in. It's starting to approach a million now, which is is absolutely outstanding because that gets us the property. That's great. But building a museum is expensive.
2: <laughs> I mean, so, so friends uh, dig deep. We, this is, do you remember that, that South Park episode, um, Starving Marvin in Space, where the Christian broadcast network had to keep building a bigger and bigger spaceship? Yep, yep. I did. And so, friends, dig deep. We need to get ourselves a Tesla XV100. Um, That's a Tesla XV100. I mean, I'm waiting. I, I
3: think a lot of the calls that they had uh, that they had made were great. I actually sent off uh, an email to Bethesda as well, the uh, the software game uh, and game manufacturer, um, saying, hey, you guys need to get in. Because, of course, i played Fallout, the game series, for, for years now. Love it. And, and when you upgrade, when you get to the biggest weapons and, and the biggest armor in this game, it's the Tesla armor. It's the Tesla yep. cannon. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. you guys need to get in here. And I have a hunch one of those companies, uh, Google, um, GE, um You know, act or whoever. You know, one of the the big people that's basically kind of taken from from Tesla, either in name or or in his uh, in his scientific uh, achievements. Um, you know, I, I have a hunch that you know, one of these people comes in, uh, mans up, and, uh, and puts some, some big cash down to help make this museum happen. I have a feeling they can, they can turn that into a nice PR spin for themselves. So, um, you know, Hopefully, somebody will step up and, and really help make this museum happen, but I, I for one, am just happy that the, the property has been secured. Now there's a little more breathing room um, you know, to, to raise the money.
2: Interestingly, uh, and, and, and just to put the note out there, um, at Peter Chaney... Um, fan of our podcast, uh, wrote to me via um, Twitter saying that there is a testing museum in Belgrade. So yes. one exists, but like you were saying, this is the museum on the property that the man actually had his had his, um, his laboratory on. Yeah, and it's the one he was trying to build. <laughs> it's one of those funny things, because you, you love to
3: see science go forward. I understand that science takes money. right? And what he was trying to do with the funding of, of companies... <laughs> Companies were giving him money and then realized what he was trying to do was build a, a, a mechanism for getting electricity to people for free, and, which, of course, was, was immediately, you know, the funding was immediately shut down when they really realized what that, that meant and that there was no way of controlling who got this free electricity. So you, you hit that catch-22, right? I, I, can, I can understand why a company would pull out going, there is no way to recoup money here because he's, he's creating something with our funding to, to, that is a free thing. Um you know it'd be nice if uh, if we can actually you know as a society though make that happen just if nothing else proof of concept can can we make this work um and i mean that would be a, that'd be an outstanding thing so you know it's 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 great i, I think it's fantastic it 'll be on his property i'm sure we'll be recreating uh you know a lot of the the technologies um once we can that he was working on at the time um and of course the tools that we have at our our disposal are are superior to the ones that he had the the only thing that will be missing is the man's brain um, and that was was a lot of it I mean the, the guy came up with a lot of his best inventions sort of out of his head he couldn't write them down and he would just make them um, because it was easier in, in his mind to just make this thing than to try and you know draw it out in proof of concept he just knew it would work so he'd just build the thing instead so um, a lot got lost out of his brain when he uh, when he passed away but um, you know, hopefully we'll we'll do our best. I'm just ecstatic that the, that the property is secured, uh, well, and uh, one of the great minds is finally getting some of the honor and, and respect in the United States that,
2: uh, that he deserves. Absolutely. And there's one, more, there's one more side to this story that I want to take a look at before moving on, and that's Matt Ingham has twice now used his celebrity, the, uh, the, the, the popularity of his, uh, of his comic blog, TheOatmeal.com, to raise tremendous amounts of cash for charitable, um, you know, some form of charitable or educational uh, uh, resource. Um, a, kudos to Matt Ingham. Like, like, good on you, dude. But B, check that out as a model, as, uh, as a way to, you know, make some civic virtue happen. That's, that's really cool, what, what this man's accomplished. You know, I think it's it's really timely,
3: and it's funny you bring that up because it's something that's been nagging at me too. Um, it, it, and we're heading up towards the elections, you know, just a few months away right now. Um, and this idea, and we've all we've all been there. I mean, you, I know you're you're a highly politically charged human being. I consider myself fairly, you know, a, a politically charged person. But sometimes, and you know what I know it, it's hard to get your butt to the polls, right? It's it's hard to get there to. You know, I'll do it because I know it's it's my civic duty to I'll, I'll go and vote and things like that. But sometimes these small things like that um you know i can't change the world well we've seen it i mean he he was a a great example here that one person can make a difference i mean and you're right this is twice in in less than a year that the man has had an extremely significant impact and all he had to do was get the will together to do it and then it happened um So, I mean, I I think this is a fantastic example, and I think hopefully we can all be inspired not just by what he did, which is fantastic, um, but also by the example he's giving that a person can make a huge difference. Um, And, and, you know, let's plant that in our brains as as election time rolls around and go, okay, this is, you know, it may not be, um, you know, creating a museum, um, but, you know, I am an individual. I do
2: have a voice and I can make a difference. Absolutely. And then, you know what? It doesn't matter which side of the aisle you're on. Right, right wing, left wing, whatever. This is our society. We have the tools. We have social media. And I, I know a lot of people are um, tired of seeing political commentary on Facebook and tired of seeing politics run across their Twitter feeds. But, you know, discussing issues is important. Now, arguing like a jackass, that's kind of stupid. That's, uh, that's useless. But, you know, a serious, serious conversation that's, you, know, you know what happened in Toronto, Canada yesterday? This is really neat. The chief economist for the, the, the head of the Bank of Canada, Mark Carney, went and spoke to Canada's largest labor union, the Canadian auto workers. So we have like the head of the Bank of Canada, Canada's chief economist, speaking to the labor movement. And though they may be on separate ends of their outlooks on on society and, you know, how society should be structured and and, and such, it was a warm debate, a complimentary debate. Ken Luenza, head of the CAW, and Mark Carney, head of the Bank of Canada, they don't agree on a lot of things. But they had a civil debate. And uh, I just thought that was Remarkable.
3: You know, it is remarkable. It's funny, I, I just realized just a couple days ago, well, you and I and uh, Adam and, and, you know, a number of others have had our, our share of, of discussions. Um, and, and we'll just touch on this just for a second and move on because there's lots of other news. But um, it's interesting to see. And it, it happened while I was having the most recent discussion. Um, and Adam was, was in there and we're, we're chatting away about stuff. And him and I, as you know, are, are, are opposed like on on a lot of issues we we, we clash on on a lot of issues, um, but through these conversations, it was quite funny to realize um, and this is why those those sort of conversations that you 're talking about work is on ninety five percent of the understanding of the way the world should work, we all agree yeah. <laughs> and, and, and then yet elections just get completely fractured um, and and huge arguments ensue over these niggly little points these these small. Uh, issues that we all just latch on to and go, well, this is. But we can all agree on the large issues. And I think politicians are are to blame here. And, and you know, this isn't a political show, so I guess we'll, we'll end it here. But, um, you know, the the politicians latch on and create this division just based on these minor things and, and then cloud the larger issues, right? We all agree on how the economy should work. We all agree that government, you know, overspends and this and that. But we all sort of forget about these issues because we start arguing over, Um, You know, individual talking points, um, the politicians are sort of feeding us and going, you know, Obama's horrible for this or, you know, (laughs) whatever. Um, And and then they create these these arguments uh, between, you know, otherwise people who would otherwise agree on 95 percent of the issues. And then they create an argument over one smaller issue.
2: Well, the thing here is I'm not so sure I agree with you that it's the politicians fault. I think what they're doing is just marketing based on their own business cycle. I mean, think about it. A politician is in for two years or four years or or up here in Canada. They they get elected for five years. So this is their business cycle, five years, four years, two years if you're a congressman Um, or if you're in the Congress. Like it's very short. So talking about long-term planning, you're going to have to sacrifice for the next decade so your kids can do better. Well, the electorate doesn't want to hear that. It may be the truth, but they don't want to hear that. What they want to hear is, "I'm going to make it better," and the buffoon over there, you know, the one who um, allegedly, um, while well, it's been seen leaving the pigsty late at night, if you know what I mean um, <laughs> that's what the public wants to hear. That's marketing, And it sucks. But that's what politics has become, because it's such a short-term turnaround cycle.
3: You're right. I've got this crazy notion of blaming politicians because I believe that fundamentally they should be in it for our best interest. And that's my. They are actually,
2: but they're just playing the game. (laughs) Mm
3: -hmm. It's Um, the game
2: that's at fault, not the politicians. They're just playing the game like any other. Well, some with more class than others, no doubt. But they're just playing their business cycle. A, a valid point. A valid point. And so maybe the, the problem then lays on us and our short-term yeah. Education.
3: <laughs> Learn
2: um, about the issues. Take the time to do the math. Figure it out. That's an informed electorate is what democracy rests on. Take the time to do the math. And it's hard at the beginning. It's really hard. Often you have to challenge a whole bunch of your, like, base assumptions. As a – I'm a socialist who's a capitalist – you can imagine how I have to, like, challenge my own base assumptions every day. I got employees. Maybe I can, maybe I can't live up to the standard I think everybody should should live up to if they're an employer. Some right. days I can, some days I can't. You know? The, the point is we all got to do a gut check on our personal biases. Leave them aside for a moment and actually learn about the issues. Yeah. You might be surprised how much sense the right wing makes if you're a left winger, and you might be surprised about how much sense the left wing makes if you're a right winger. You know what? In the game of hockey, you got left wingers, you got right wingers. They come with the territory. But you also got somebody in the center who actually makes the plays. It's the way it should be in politics too, because that's where that's where the goals get scored. Yeah. That's Jim Hedger from Coach's Corner on uh, CBC. <laughs> or, uh, um, all
3: right, I'm gonna I'm gonna move us so on. on. I know we got to take a commercial break here, pretty pretty quickly, and we've turned the the first 15 minutes of our of our show here into a, a political um, diatribe. So get out, vote early, vote often. Oh, okay. um, diatribe. We were being nice. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, but we now we're, we're we're talking here in 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 our discussion up to this point about becoming more informed. So I'm gonna take this as a absolutely horrible segue. <laughs> <laughs> um, and discuss something that I'm really, really excited about coming forward, and and we can maybe touch on it before the commercial break and then uh, and then really get into what uh, what we think it means um, yes. as we come forward. Um, we talked, uh, I think it was a couple months ago about Bing adding Facebook. Um, signals when you're when you're logged into to Bing at least in the us um, Facebook signals into um, into the results. so you know you search up whatever restaurant Victoria BC and I see thumbs up if I have friends who've like visited places and, and this and that. Um, coming in there well they've uh, and uh, over at search engine watch, Tom Craper, your friend of mine, uh, wrote a piece on their edition uh, of Quora now as well into these results and they're just showing up over at the sidebar they're not integrating them right into the search results they're just showing you here's stuff that your friends and and your groups have talked about um, i was going to call them circles by mistake on bing Yeah, um, but here's, here's something like you actually <laughs> here's what your friends are talking about here's questions they've answered related to these topics you punch in harry potter and you'll see who's been talking about stuff either on facebook or who's been talking uh, or answering questions on things over on quora um, you know, I, I guess we should, we should probably take a break before getting into it. And, and during should, this, I'll, I got a million I'll...
2: things. My mind just ran off on there. Right? <laughs>
3: That's I knew exactly what was going to happen. So, um, we're going to come back and talk about what we think the, um, implementation of, of that really means both for, for the short term and long term and, and, for searchers. Um, but first we got to take a commercial break. We got to pay some bills here. So this is Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO joined as always by Jim Hedger from digital always media here on webcology on webmasterradio.fm.
0: The following Webmaster program is being presented to you live. Click on the chat tab of our homepage right now or log on to www.webmasterradio.fm forward slash chat.html so you can continue to listen to our program while interacting with our guests, hosts, and listeners just like you.
1: sit tight and don't move webcology we'll be back after this short break building better search engine rankings takes the right formula tracking those rankings is super simple all you need is authoritylabs.com
0: I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition.
1: To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com. It's good to be king. WebmasterRadio.fm. Take your hat off, kick your feet up, and log into the feed. We're here for you 24-7. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts Jim Hedger and Dave
2: Davies. Hey, everyone, welcome back to Web here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 23rd of August. Listen to a uh, listen to Dave Davies from Beats SEO and Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. And Dave, you were talking about changes over at Bing. Sounds like, uh, sounds like Bing is introducing a moderate version of, um, well, your friend's own knowledge graph. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I am I'm incredibly excited
3: by this. Um, and the thing is, is, is what they're doing here right now is stage one, right? I mean, we, we've watched um, development of technologies for, I don't know, how long have we been doing this, Jim? Well, over a decade anyway. Um, you know, we, we, we watch how these things launch, and we knew going in that Facebook wasn't, you know, was a stage. And that was the first thing that, that Bing tried on the integration of social into search. Um, their first attempt, it, it got great reviews. I mean, when they when people were comparing Google's um, search into, or social integration into search um, and comparing it with Bing's, I can't remember who did the study off the top of my head. I'll look for it next commercial break though and post it into the chat room. Um, Bing got higher marks than Google did for the way. They're integrating social into their search functions. I think this is a great addition. I mean, you know, it's, it's Quora. Um, so now we're dealing with a slightly different side of things. If I'm searching for stuff, now I can get answers. Uh- um, but I think it's it's a bigger picture kind of thing that is really really exciting me here, and it goes into you know another you know point of of the day, and I'll paste this into uh, into the chat here shortly. Um, Microsoft changing its logo, et cetera, et cetera. Uh-huh. What I think we're really seeing here, though, and and what's really really exciting to me, and and there's a lot of people who hate Windows 8. I was just having a chat with one of my staff yesterday, basically going, "Yes, I understand. I hate it too, but." Sometimes you need to be forced to make the right decisions, and if you look at the way what they're doing here, or I guess not make the right decisions, to proceed, to go to the next level of things, right? We all remember okay. times when we had crammed down our throats, I hate this thing, but then we saw what it resulted in in the back end. Um, and we, we've we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but I, I think we're really seeing it here, too, is this integration into a more Windows 8 for? For Those who haven't, you know, look up Windows 8 and you know take a, take a look at some screenshots or download the beta or whatever. Um, it has a much more tablet-based feel, a much more um, you know uh, Xbox 360 kind of kind of interface to it. Um, and now we're able to get the the, the social signals I- into Bing Search in, in a much better, um, in my opinion, a, a much more cohesive way than Google's accomplished. Like I really like the layout; that it's not intruding on my um, search experience, but it's it's off to the side and it's letting me take a look at it. Um, a lot of the problems that we're having with Windows 8 right now has to do with the the interface. It's it's not intuitive because we've been conditioned to behave in a very, very specific way by Microsoft. This is how I interact with my computer. Sure. Um, what we're seeing now is a much more tablet-esque um, kind of approach to things, so I, I understand. But once you get the workarounds, I forced myself to put it on my laptop because that's not a mission-critical device um sure. so it's like okay put it on force your way through it don't uninstall it just get you don't like it um and then after a while you do find that right it it is once you start customizing things it is intuitive and then seeing how all these devices are all going to basically lock in together um the way that i'll be able to move from one device to another almost seamlessly and you can see what's coming down the road and then bringing into that and for anybody who's seen the the sort of desktop of uh or or the start function or the start page of windows 8 can see how you would bring these social um, answers in there. How you'd bring these social signals in right onto your uh, starting desktop, being able to to answer these questions for you. I think basically what they're searching to do, and you know, we'll see it over the next two to three years, is basically integrate your entire um, online experience—be it gaming, be it your tablet, be it your phone, be it your uh, you know computer at the office—to integrate all these things in there and make it a seamless transition from one point to another. Um, and I mean, to me huge kudos i mean i look forward and go there'll be a time not that far from now when i'll be able to sit down i'm gaming on my xbox i come down my laptop beside me and have whatever i'm doing a first-person shooter take the map off my screen so i can see what's there put it up on my uh, on my laptop and stream it to my laptop instead right so i have my map on a larger screen and and um you know i'm i'm gaming or or whatnot just a, a full and of course i list the the candy coated example but um You know, there's this this full integration of all devices, and I think this is just another step of Bing going, we need to do it this way. Um, And to me, they're spot on, just keeping it off to the side, but making it so clear um, that when I'm searching for Harry Potter on Bing, it comes up with, "Here's here's my friends on Facebook who are talking about Harry Potter. Here's some answers that people have answered about specific things on Harry Potter. And just giving you that. Alternative, and uh, to me, what it what it really is answering here, and and the assumptions that it's making, is it's moving past this Google esque um, sort of angle on things, which is we're going to work harder to figure out what you mean. Fair enough, and it's but they've never been able to lock that down. I mean, because there's it's it's hard to build a search engine. (laughs) Uh, It is, but what Bing's doing here is going. You know, we we can only do so much. We can only assume so much. So to the right-hand side, we're going to go, I'll bet you're a lot like the people you like. And so to the right-hand side of your screen, we're going to show you what they're talking about and the questions they're answering on this thing you've searched. And chances are, if our algorithm can't find it for you, one of your friends is probably talking about it, or at least we're letting you know which of your friends is talking about Harry Potter, and now you know who to ask. Right? I mean again a candy coated example, but it gets down if you know if I was, you know, talking about did a search for Tesla or something like that, you know, off you go. And I know, you know, I know Adam made a donation and I know, you know, because it's in his Facebook stream and it's it's coming up or whatnot. So I can start to make these connections and go, okay, at least I may Bing may not provide me the answer I'm looking for. Um, but it is letting me know, while it can't answer it for me, it is letting me know which of the people I know are also interested in this. It's, it's showing Quora answers for things. Maybe the answer is already in there. It's helping me find out where I can find the answer if search isn't where that is. And I mean, to me, a fantastic leap forward, and you integrate that with, with the way all the devices are all connecting together, um, and I think we've got a, an outstanding, I mean, you know Microsoft's... Uh, making huge leaps here, and, and I think credit to them for, for what they're forcing us to do um, as we go into, uh, into the next generation of things.
2: It, it's interesting watching how companies evolve and how um, public perception of companies evolve. Um, I'm thinking of a speech Matt Cut, Cutts made, his keynote speech at um, SES San Francisco last week. Mm-hmm. And uh, 10, 15 years ago, well, about, about, actually, more like 20 years ago, I'm seriously dating myself here, but about 20 years ago, Microsoft curb stomped Netscape. Netscape was a browser, a web browser. Um, today we know uh, its child, Firefox. When Netscape was first released, somewhere in like 94, 95, it seriously threatened Microsoft's Internet Explorer. Mm-hmm. The Netsca- Netscape, Netscape, took Microsoft to court because uh, Microsoft had bundled the uh, Internet Explorer into its operating system, and it didn't offer Netscape um, or offer users similar access to Netscape. Uh, this was one of the first uh, of Microsoft's antitrust um, cases, that, you know, from twenty ten twenty 20 years ago. Now, back then, Microsoft was looked at as the evil, massive um, Buy It or Fry It Corporation. They, Microsoft would come to you and they'd make one offer to buy you. And uh, if you said no, you'd be out of business tomorrow anyway because they've already reverse engineered you. Um, and they would just develop a product that did exactly what you did. So Microsoft was this big behemoth. They were, they were, they were considered, well, evil. Okay, mm-hmm. Flash ahead 20 years, Microsoft um, is seriously the underdog when looking at um, how the web is going to evolve, and Google is the you know the 300 the 800 pound gorilla in the room, or at least it was, mm-hmm. because Google's lost a lot of its swagger in the last year as well. But in his speech at, at, in his keynote speech at SES San Francisco, Matt Cutts, um, chief of uh, formerly Chief uh, Quality control czar at Google, now chief of the knowledge team. Did you hear that? They they changed the name of quality <laughs> control to the knowledge team. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. Very subtle. Uh, Google goes Walmart. Um, <laughs> but I, I digress. <clears throat> now, Google is seen as the big predator out there, the one to beat, the one who has so much influence that when they make any sort of misstep or – um, introduce um, a new product, say Google+, um, they're looked at as the big baddies, the guys who were like Microsoft were perceived to be 20 years ago. So, Google had introduced uh, Twitter data into its um, organic search results. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was like three years ago, maybe four years ago. And they kept using Twitter data they had an agreement with Twitter but then the agreement expired earlier this year and Twitter cut the fire hose off and so Google got really wary or this is what Matt Cutts is saying, Google got very wary of um, importing data or incorporating data from social media feeds, third party social media feeds because that data could be cut off at the third party's whim Mm -hmm. and in the big fight for who's king of the valley um who knows where one's allegiance is this week? You know, uh, this week uh, Yahoo and Microsoft are big allies, but Marissa Mayer just moved over to Yahoo. So, what if this is really as a, as a friend of ours? Actually, Sean Sweeney was speculating yesterday. What if this is actually uh, Google setting you know subtly setting up uh, entrance into uh, Yahoo's territory? Right, being, so what if this isn't a loss for Google, but in fact... Well, that, a, and the point being, Microsoft is now, is now the good guys, right? right. Microsoft is now the, the, the underdogs, the one that everybody wants to support. They're, uh, together with Yahoo, they have just under um, 20% of the search market share mm-hmm. at Bing and Yahoo's numbers together. And people are making deals with them. They're getting the data feed from Facebook. They're getting the data feed from Twitter. They're getting the data feed from Quora. And I'm curious. I'm curious what you think about what Matt Cutts was saying. Google would love to have this data as well, but they're wary about the third parties. How can you incorporate it into your algorithm or incorporate it into results that you're presenting to search users without knowing it's going to be there a, uh, six months from now, a year from now, or three years from now?
3: Well, you know, I mean, we, we all... We'll put this in a, in a real-world business kind of, um, kind of perspective, right? I mean, um, yes, that's, you know, it, it's, of course, a, a legitimate concern. But it, it would be like saying to me, to you, Jim, um, what if you only had um, one stream of clients? What if, what if there was one? You could only get clients from whatever, web designer X, who's, who, who sends referrals to you, and that's, that's your only source. What happens if they pull it away? Well, you you would go out of That's business. Rude. Same situation. Google would be in right now. So what do you do as as a corporation? What do I do? What does every you know sort of smart business person do? Is you develop multiple streams for the same thing, right? I mean, you you rely sure. on search, pay per click, referrals, this that. The other things. Indeed, this but is, there is what only, Google needs. I mean, to there's do.
2: only one Twitter.com, right? Like oh, well, it's true. They, there's they can not, only there's pull another one. Another Twitter. vendor of that information.
3: No, not of Twitter specifically. But it's not like I would go to Google and go, I need to get Twitter. If I, all I wanted to get was Twitter, I'd go to Twitter.
2: Well, I'd go to TweetDeck, actually. <laughs> but, well, indeed, you know, indeed, but how can Google incorporate this into its algorithm and do, and, and do so safely? This is what I'm asking about Microsoft. What if, just one day, what if um, the, guys, the guys at Facebook, the, the, the board of directors, they have having ousted Mark Zuckerberg Which might happen, you never know. Um, they decide to roll over and say that Steve Ballmer. My God, he abuses chairs. I can't. I can't work with a man who abuses chairs. (laughs) Well, and I think this is kind of what we're seeing in in this
3: latest move is Microsoft taking the approach that you or I would, in a business standpoint. Okay, now we're going to add Quora. All right, what's next? Now we're going to add Foursquare. Okay, what's next? Now we're going to add Twitter. Okay, what's next? And then once you've added in a whack of stuff. Yes, it, it would be, you know, a, a, a kick in the butt if Facebook all of a sudden pulled because we all love Facebook. But when I do my search on Bing, I'm still going to get signals, social signals coming in um, from a variety of different sources of people that I know and trust. Okay, well, uh, and I think Here's the question as an SEO. Do mm-hmm. those signals affect results at Bing? I don't think they do yet. And I, I say that because I think we're getting, um, you know, sort of the, the earlier level data being collected um on Bing's part. But down the road, if I start seeing, you know, I'm searching, you know, I'll use the same example, Harry Potter, and they notice that I click over on, you know, Jim Hedger, right? Because they show you a little snippet and they see I click you and then later I'm looking for hotels in Seattle and you know I look through the results and then I notice, you know, hey Jim Hedger's over here. Do I think they'll start
2: improving the things that Jim Hedger likes in my search results? Well, they bloody well better because what we got right now is Magic Man in a hotel in Seattle, Jim Hedger. I mean, like they bloody well better.
3: (laughs) Um, I I mean, I think we're we're a little early in the game for that sort of social connection. Are they testing it? I'm sure they are. Um, But I think you know they they've really started this fairly recently. Um, this integration in there so i think we're a little early on for them to start trusting that you know i clicked on this comment from jim over on the right-hand side which means everything jim likes i should like hundred percent of the time no there's not enough of my personal interactions with jim hedger on bing um, for them to make these sort of assumptions but down the road will they start doing that i would bet dollars to donuts they will because that's exactly the right thing and here's what i love is that they're pulling the data from sources I already like, right? They're pulling this data from Facebook, which I use heavily, right? So do you. We, mm-hmm. So does my grandmother. We all do. Um, they're pulling it in from Quora. Okay, well, I'm seeing only the stuff that my friends are answering over here on Quora and this and that. You know, I'm getting the people that I trust, not just blanket Quora stuff, but from the people that I trust, here's how they answer these questions. They're pulling in this logical data from people that they know I'm already connected to. Uh, and then they're able to extrapolate from that specific pieces of information um, and specific connections, I think they've got an advantage here, and this is probably the first time you've heard me say this, I think they've got a significant advantage if they deploy this right over Google in using social signals um, to impact organic search results. I think they've got a big jump forward um, over Google because they're pulling in. They're not trying to pull a Google and go, we can't trust Facebook signals, so because they might pull them away, so we're not going to touch them. Well, Facebook's where my friends are, so this is the only place you're really going to get my entire face. I spend more than six hours a month on Facebook, you know, or, you <laughs> know, the user average for Google Plus. So this is this is where you need to pull this information from. Bing has it. Deploy this right. Deploy it onto my desktop um, into Windows 8. Deploy it onto my my gaming device. Deploy it onto my phone and my tablet. You've got a massive win, uh, and and you've you've done things that Google won't be able to duplicate. I would bet talking two years from now, um, we're going to be talking about Bing with a, a much more significant market share. Um, yeah, no doubt. Doing, uh, I'm, I'm I'm sure
2: you're right about that. But you know, another thing that you touched on earlier, like at at the beginning of this of this little segment, why is Microsoft so fundamentally redesigning the interface through? Um, through uh, 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 Windows 8, tablet computing. Uh, They're anticipating I, it, the new had, way we're going to be computing.
3: I think it had to happen. Like, at some point, we, we've had this exact same basic layout since, I mean, we can go back to Windows 3.1, the first well, Windows operating system I worked on, but well, definitely... And we've, and
2: we've been using the computer in the same way since then. Now we're using computing devices differently. We are. I mean, the, my, my layout
3: on my, my desk, I mean, just the, the fundamental hardware I use is different than it was then. Um, the mice that I use and its capabilities are different. My, my keyboard is, is nothing like the one that I started on. Um, you know, I mean, and these are, these are the big, you know, touch screen monitors are, are coming down in price to a point where you could actually feasibly have, you know, just delivering, you know, computers with a touch screen, much more like a tablet, but on my desktop. Why do I need a mouse? Right? When I can just touch my screen, yes, mice will still be around because there's you know, something fundamentally easier to use if you're just doing you know, repetitive tasks. But um, you know, there's, there's these things that have crept up over the last, say, 15 years, 20 years um, that just sort of lend themselves to this requirement to go, okay, at some point, we have to tick people off. At some point, we have to go, you can't function the way you did before. Like we can't let you with every operating system, and you've seen them, I've seen them, and we've all done this, right? You you get the new operating system, and you go, okay, now I need to make this look like XP, right? And you go through all the stages to make it function exactly like the old one did, because you're comfortable with that, and you're fast in that, and you don't want to learn this new way, so you you know switch all the settings so that it functions in, in a way that you're familiar with. This time. They're not letting you. There is no start button. There is no, they're making you use your computer in a different way. Everything you use is still there. In fact, in a lot of ways, they've made it easier to access things. It just requires a little more work to. Customize it, but then everything you do after that becomes easier. Um, so I think at some point it was just Microsoft going, the way you're using your computers is changing, the way you're using your devices is changing, and we need to make sure we're unifying all these things. We can't have a completely different desktop experience than we do on our gaming consoles, than we do on your phone, than we do on tablets. Because it's going to make your life worse down the road because it won't all connect together. They can't have the Windows eight interface on your tablet, and then have you going back to using a Windows seven interface, your experience is going to be worse. So they need to just force you.
2: <laughs> well and <laughs> to- and there has there has to be compatibility between uh, apps and uh, tools and etc uh, from system to system. But Dave, I'm afraid we're gonna have to leave it at that for this segment. We've got to go to a commercial break. we're getting uh we're getting message like nuts from studio. Um, And I want to come back, and I want to talk about a controversy that uh, sprang up in the industry last week. And, you know, this time it's one that was dealt with really well. But before we get to that, we do got to do commercials here on Webcology. So on behalf of Dave Davis from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. We'll be back after these messages. Sit tight and don't
1: move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. And join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com. Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com. It's good to be king. How far do your ads reach? You don't have to fly around the world for the right consumers and clients to find your business. What you need is profit through performance. Location 3 Media helps you to increase your brand's findability and performance. Let Location 3 Media help you create efficient and effective online marketing campaigns that fit your needs and get you results. We know every click starts a journey. Where will your brand be on the path? Visit location3media.com. Testing at the speed of sound. sound. WebmasterRadio.fm. The flamethrower. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercial's off. Now back to Webcology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. You're the host, Jim Hedger
2: and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's... Thursday, the 23rd of August. And uh, just to let you know, Webmaster Radio is even more everywhere. You want to get us on your iPhone, there's an app for that. Check out the iTunes store, download the Webmaster Radio I- iPhone app, and <laughs> listen to us on the go. And uh, apparently, we were being, we were told by Sir Brasco just before the show, it's going to be an app coming out for Android, uh, what, in the next couple weeks? Brasco? Actually,
0: it should be... Well, I was already being told right now. Quality quality testing is going through right now, and it should go in the Google Play to be submitted probably by within the next week or so. Brilliant.
2: Okay, so in the next week or so, check out Google Play. You running an Android phone? Download your favorite Webmaster (laughs) Radio podcast. Push of a button, hell, they'll come to you.
0: And shout out to everybody (laughs) that is listening to us on the new mobile app right now. Maybe some new listeners I know we have out there. Thanks for joining us, and welcome to the family.
2: Speaking of family, we had a uh, family disturbance last week that's really worth mentioning for a couple of reasons. One, it was kind of traumatic, but two, it showed how the family, the search engine optimization, the search engine marketing community, um, stood up, protected itself, circled its wagons, and, um, well, corrected something that felt really wrong. No, Dave, I know you were, you were away for a lot of last week, and you missed, uh, you missed a humdinger of a story. Um, okay, I want to preface this with the person I'm talking about isn't evil. She's a good person. She's always been of good character. Um, and at the end of the debate, she said she made a mistake. Okay, so I want to preface anything that you, you might hear after. With 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 uh, with with that disclaimer, with that with that intro. About a week and a half ago, Jen Matthews, the um, founder of the WAPAO Search and Social Conference Series, uh, you know the ones that are held in Hawaii. She put up on her Facebook, uh, her Facebook profile, that she had been awarded a trademark from the U.S. Patent Office. On the term search and social, sharp intake of breath here. So, this came across my Facebook feed because I have it open in the corner of my uh, of my monitor. I I I, I notice stuff like this really quickly, and I react to it. Jen, do I have this? Uh, do I understand correctly? You have gotten a trade on um, search and social? Yeah. um up in our private chat studio said at SEO goddess well yes her okay so she registered the for trademark protection on the term search and social naturally lots and 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 lots of people freaked out you can't get a trade on search and social we use this in our business every day I offer seminars in Search and Social. Heck, uh, Jordan Casteller and uh, Dave Schneider started a company called Search and Social, which was one of the companies that went and, fo- that went and conglomerated in- into Blue Glass. Big kerfuffle. An even bigger kerfuffle when it's understood that most of us don't understand the difference between having a patent awarded having a trade- and having trademark protection awarded. Mm-hmm. Shades of Jason Gambert trying to <laughs> register search engine optimization run through everybody's head. Rhea Drysdale weighs in, saying, "Whoa, I'm not getting involved this time. That last time was too much." Cost her seventeen thousand dollars, incidentally, to protect the phrase "search engine optimization" for the rest of us to use. So again, people are freaking out at Jen. Her uh, her Facebook page gets filled full of people just diving on her my facebook my facebook thread on the issue gets you know filled with people diving on the idea that she would register search and social and right. rightly so now the difference between a guy like jason gambert and a person like jen matthews is jason gambert's a scammer or was a scammer he was he was he he was trying to grab control of a phrase that describes an entire industry. Jen at least had a plausible excuse. She runs a conference around search and social called WAPOW. And she was protecting use of the phrase search and social in relation to running a conference on search and social. That's what she says. Big kerfuffle! Boom! Like tons of people just flipping on uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, emails to Jen, all that sort of stuff, and probably rightly so. Although at this point, it's starting to starting to go past what the heck are you doing to what kind of person are you? And again, I want to reiterate: Jen has been of stellar behavior in the search marketing industry her entire career. She's a contributor. So, you know, we're 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 about five minutes from end of show, um, Dave. So far, what do you think of the story? What's what's running through your head? Um, you know what I? Because I know her.
3: I'm <laughs> um, shocking
2: because you know her. It, it is.
3: I'm going to give the this isn't a gamber kind of kind of play. So I, I'm going to give her the benefit of a doubt here and say I understand. What she probably was thinking in her head, and I'll, I'll take her at her word here, and it probably is fairly accurate. I want to make sure people don't um, use this terminology in reference to something that I'm doing. Um, fair enough, by at, the way. At the end of the day, yeah, it is fair enough. However, <laughs> you know, and there there had to be a big however or or a but here. Um, however the only reason that she uses that term is because it's the term that's used, right? Search like, and social, like this isn't... So, well, it, it, exactly, and that's why the, the, the series of conferences is using that term, search and social, is because the, it's not like she invented it, right? She didn't go, I'm going to create something and then make it popular as a term. No, the term existed, and they used and, it. There's a um, lot of prior usage out there, yeah. To me, this almost more becomes an issue not with with what she did, I mean, I, I obviously have have problems, um, but it my problem here isn't actually with what she did specifically; it's <laughs> with how these things are done. it um, yeah, got awarded
2: in the first place.
3: That, that well, therein is the problem. The problem isn't that she filed for it. Um, the problem to me is that it was awarded. So what we've got here, and we've seen this in in law and legislation and and trademarks. Um, as it relates to technology, a huge number of times is we've got people passing legislation and issuing trademarks and patents that don't actually understand what they're talking about, that don't actually go out and go, is this something that's common use? If they had just gone and you know Googled search and social in quotes to see, hey, is this used a lot on the web, you'd find out it was, and that this was just a common term that was used prior to the company using it. Well... Then it all becomes irrelevant. <laughs> so, and, and it wouldn't have been issued in the first place. And to me, that actually is more the problem than what she did in in trying to protect um, this term. I don't think she deserved the trademark on it, even in the context that she was talking about, because it's it's a term that we as an industry use. Um, it's not something that's you know proprietary or or that she made up and and made popular. It'd be like me uh, trademarking well, search engine optimization. Like I can't. I didn't invent it. <laughs> I just do it. Yes, my company does it, but I can't stop other companies from using it because it's a common term. I mean, this is the Gambert thing that we, we we've discussed Indeed. previously on the show. So, and I think you and
2: I are in total agreement here. But I'm going to give her the benefit of a doubt and go. Well, and, and, you we're and and we're on in total even on that too, by the way. Like uh, I do, I do. I, we're, we're, we got one minute left. I want to have a chance to to kind of end the story because it ends on a happy note. I, just, I I believe it does. It ends on a on a, on a, on a resolution anyway. Jen writes a very long blog post, puts it up on her, on her blog, and you can, you can find her blog if you type SEO goddess into Google. Um, and she explains herself, and somewhere in uh, one of the Facebook threads, she says to the whole community, I'm really sorry, I know I made a mistake. Don't worry, I'm not going after you, provided you don't hold a, you know, search and social conference in Hawaii called Bupau. That's what I do. Um... So, just to, you know, I was one of the people who started the uh, Ask Jen Questions thing, although it really wasn't meant to be kick at Jen. Like, like don't do that, friends. We're, we're friends in this industry. We, you know, we protect each other and we say, yeah, um, explanation and apology accepted. You're a wonderful person, Jen. There we go. Um, okay, so seomarketinggoddess.blogspot.com. You can read what she had written up there. And uh, we got a wrap. We're done. It's been a whole hour. A whole. It's amazing. I can't believe we do this every week. So next week, we will be here. It will be the end of August, the saddest time of the year. Um, but we'll be here anyway. We'll survive. So, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Web here on WebmasterRadio.fm. You can hear us here on WebmasterRadio.fm every Thursday. You can hear us on. Um, iTunes, you can download the new webmasterradio.fm iPhone application from iTunes, and you can listen to some amazing content on this network coming up after the news.